Welcome back to the Kentucky Conservation Conversations and Outreach of the Jefferson County, Kentucky Soil and Water Conservation District. For more information to donate or volunteer, please visit jeffcd.org. We're back from our summer break, summers when so many of our potential guests are at their busiest. Today we're talking about soil again with uh, Letitia Marshall from Bearford and Grow and Bethany Pratt from the County Extension Office. Hi. Today we're talking about soil, why we should be concerned with its health, how um, how to um, protect and manage it for nutrients and toxins, but also the personal and spiritual connections that we can and do have to the soil. Um, Letitia, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, what soil means to you? Yes, thank you for having me, Miss Erin. Um, and you know, I, so I own a, uh, garden coaching business that basically supports, uh, the community, anyone that is interested in growing food, um, anywhere. Uh, but specifically I would love for more people to grow food in their homes, more in their front yards, backyards, side yards, porches, dicks, uh, you know, patios, wherever they can fit some food. Um, I would love for them to grow more. And so I just want to walk on the journey uh, through this experience. And so I love working with beginner gardeners, but I'll definitely work with anyone in any space. Okay. And then the other part of uh, Bear Fruit and Grow is urban farming and, and farming uh, plants of my own, vegetable plants, edible plants, um, and then growing some for the public, right? Because um, everybody kind of, doesn't like to grow from seed and that kind of thing. So I like to just remove as many barriers as I possibly can so that people can learn and have a great experience. And, um, but here lately I have just been very much so immersed in the urban agriculture environment and involved in with more community groups that really do have the same, you know, or similar thoughts and feelings that I do. Uh, some don't. And so that's challenged me to, to uh, really reflect on, um, you know, why I really truly love uh, farming, working the soil, learning more about the soil, uh, health, learning more about what I can do to give back. Because when we when we till and we plant things and we turn soil over, we not on purpose, but we can we can definitely do some damage to the soil. Um, we can we take nutrients from the soil when we plant things, um, when we stump on it, you know, we kill insects and, and all kinds of things. So I'm not hypersensitive about that, but I am more aware of my behavior and my actions. And so if I'm if I'm on nature um the butterflies the bees the worms that poop right (laughs) in our gardens Um, if I'm counting on them to help me feed my family and help me community then they I think um you know I want to give back to them and and give them what I can do them so so composting is huge and I'm a lazy composter you're not gonna see (laughs) you're not gonna see the three little stations with the new compost and then I'm turning and flipping it and flipping it over in this other section you're not gonna see that from me right I dig a hole put it in there and cover it back up Um, and either way 
you know, that that organic matter, that rotten, broken down, stinky food is feeding the soil, right? It's fertilizing naturally our plants and, and uh, our native plants or our edible plants, whatever we, we have planted. And so just little things like that we can all do. It doesn't have to be this big, complex, you know, concept. Um, and then, um, you know, allowing nature just to be who they are um, and, and not working or fighting against nature so much. And, um, and that's something that I've, I'm still trying to embrace because there's nothing like you putting in so much work to grow your tomatoes and your cucumbers, and beans and peppers and to have an insect <laughs> you know, completely wipe you out like that, you know, tomato hornworm or right now I have a groundhog that's living under my shed, right? And he ate all 20 of my kale plants. He, you know, he's he, he ate all my beans. Um, and so it's, it's upsetting, but at the same time, I'm just like, thank you for um, sending this my way. Thank you for allowing me to see your work that is completely like right here in my face and I'm 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 witnessing it because it reminds me of the capacity that our nature has right these objects that we feel like um uh, we don't think of the 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 animals that live in the wildlife you know and our impact you know, putting our homes and our parking lots and our basketball courts and our tennis courts on top of their uh, homes. Um, it just reminds me, it humbles me, you know, uh, to remember that. So I'm, I'm very grateful to have an opportunity to not only um, uh, farm and grow food and teach other people how, but to also recognize and be more aware and more in tune with nature, having those opportunities to connect uh, and just take it all in and let it be um, a place where I can just be at peace. Or if I'm not, I come to the garden upset, you know, I can eventually calm down and relax and just um, really allow the space to to speak to me and to and to comfort me right in the moment. Um, and so I'm just very grateful to be here. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity, but thank you so much for um, having this conversation as well, because I feel like um, I'm, I, and I hate to say this because I don't know how else to say it. Uh, so please forgive me the way it's <laughs> not the way I mean it, I promise. But I've never considered myself a tree hugger. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I know what, what you mean but what I'm but what I'm finding out is good grief um we don't have to be you know necessarily but I think it's just um it's a place that everyone should visit in their lifetime right we should all figure out ways it may not be growing food um or or flowers or whatever it is that you like to garden but maybe maybe it is just spending more time in nature listening right and less talking <laughs> um so yeah I hope that yeah. answers your 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 question there but uh, it does um two things came to mind while you were talking one um what I love about urban agriculture and 
really diving into urban ecosystems in general is the variety. Like you can be the lazy composter. <laughs> yeah. Is that also like I have a tumbler just to keep like the rats out of it, but I'm right, right. You know, still wouldn't consider myself don't you know, I'm not the like prime example of a composter, but there's room uh-uh. for that because there are so many people growing in such a small space that definitely you know, it's like when I learned beekeeping, they said, um, ask a room full, ask a room full of 10 beekeepers, the same question. You'll get 11 different answers. That's like right. it's just so many different ways to do it. Um, that's and, any, and, oh, you, to me, to me really fast. Um, that's, that's a relief. Yeah. Um, because I feel like the world, you know, positions us to, you know, we expect this, this criticism about everything that we do or don't do. Right. And, and what I found, though, is that the garden is not that way. Nature is not that way. It's just do what you feel like that works for you. And if, if people are going to have stuff to say about it, but who cares? You know, and it's like, like literally this is a space where I can just be who I want to be, do what I want to do. My garden can look the way I want it to look um, and, you know, and be OK with that. People whose gardens or farms are capable of being on Instagram. I'm like, what staff do you have? Because that's <laughs> right. It's like you, you just gotta be real me. good at taking <laughs> photos, Aaron. Yeah, cropping like it strategically. Strategic yeah. photography. Yes, and it, it, that's exactly what you're doing. Your garden does not look like that all the time, ma'am. Matter yeah. of fact, you uh you watered and pruned before you took the pictures. One hundred percent. And that's something I just won't do. I just won't do it. I'm gonna show you the good, bad, and the ugly. You know, I for what? Like, why do we try to hide so much? You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't. I don't know. But anywho, <laughs> well, because what really hiding, hiding, and like making it seem like your garden's always perfect is really just a yeah. form of gatekeeping. You know right. it 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 helps it it uh it shores up the uh the thing that I found when I came to gardening and growing, and I guess 2015, which is like you have to be really talented to do this. Yeah, and, and you don't like I'm no. the only thing really thriving in my garden right now are the watermelons that the squirrels planted, but they're there. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Uh, my chickens are doing fine, but other than that, you know little bit of struggle this year um Bethany are you there (laughs) yeah yeah uh jump in talk to us oh man I like don't even know how to follow up with Leticia Um, (laughs) she's such a hard act to follow I agree yeah yeah I should have gone first um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so my name is Bethany Pratt I um, work for the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service here in Louisville as the horticulture agent so um, my job is to be an agricultural community developer um, is really or um, Aaron you called me an agricultural social worker the other day <laughs> yeah and I, I thought did. that, I that was like <laughs> Man, that is like the only time I have been able to summarize what I do in less than a paragraph ever. <laughs> so thank Happy you for help. that. Happy to help. Um, yeah, so I do all things in Louisville around plants and growing. Um, and actually, you know, oddly, Letitia and I have a lot of similarities in that kind of garden coaching um, world. Mm-hmm. Um, I also get the privilege um, of doing a lot of bigger picture 
you know, community organizing and meeting of people, which I just love because there's 1000 different ways and counting to grow a garden the correct way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's just like new plants and new things that I get to learn all the time just by talking to people. So um, that's what I do is help um, people grow stuff and then also think kind of bigger picture like systems wise about how can we all help each other grow more food here in Louisville. Absolutely. All right. So the big question that I always get when I'm tabling or, you know, when people come to our website, they're asking us about soil testing. Mm. Um, So let's talk about soil testing. Um, There's um, an agreement or a program between the extension and the conservation district to help uh, get soil testing done, um, which is super easy to find on our websites, um, which again is jeffcd.org. But talk to us about um, why we're testing and when we're testing for nutrients versus when we're testing for toxins. Sure. Um, So soil nutrient testing is the place to start for anyone who is putting in a garden. And this is something you want to do before you plant. Um, Right. So the soil is the foundation of all things in our garden. It holds all the food that our plants need to grow. And um, it provides that, you know, that rich life form in food. A plant can't get up and walk to the refrigerator. um, And it's not going to necessarily yell at us to say, hey, I'm hungry. It's just going to like fall over and die or get shriveled or like have some kind of outward sign. But by that point, it's normally too late. So soil nutrient testing is kind of your key to key to starting off right with your garden. Um, And that's something you want to think about doing about two months, you want to actually take your soil test about two months out before you want to plant. Um, The conservation district and the extension office have an agreement. So you can apply for um, two free soil nutrient vouchers per year per household. Um, So that would be connected to your address. Um, And you bring two cups of clean, dry soil from the area that you plan on planting into the cooperative extension office. Um, you drop, we fill out a little piece of paper um, that basically lets me know, are you, are you planting a vegetable garden? Are you planting trees? Are you working on your lawn? Are you doing flowers or fruits? Um, and then I ship that off to the Soil Lab at UK. The Soil Lab at UK um, does some tests um, to check. They're looking at pH and they're looking at nutrient values. So primarily nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium which are the big three for all um, leafy green growth um, and all plant life that we need. And then they also look at um, some of our more common um, micronutrients as well. So like calcium, magnesium, um, zinc um, will also be listed on there. And then your soil pH. And then you get this nice little report back that tells you what is in your soil right now and what is not in your soil And then the next step is like, okay, so what do you do to fix it? So if your soil pH is too high or too low, here's how you can adjust it. If you are lacking nitrogen, this is how, these are some ideas for how you can um, add more nitrogen. So that's all in the report. But if you get it and you're like, oh gosh, I don't know what this says. This looks crazy. I'm here to talk to you too. Um, And I can walk (laughs) you through it um, and um, help you make sense of that as well. Um, So that is um, soil nutrient testing, which is the best thing you can do for your garden to kind of get it, get it going on the right foot and something that is just really essential for 
being a like a part of your garden routine every year. And um, here in the city, we I hear a lot about toxins in the soil. Um, and when I moved into a home back in, I guess, 2016, um, they said, you know, because of when your home was built, you're going to need to test the soil for, for lead before mm-hmm. you plant anything. Sure. Um, so tell me, tell us, how did lead get in our soil? And um, um, there's a different test for lead, and I'm assuming it's taken a little bit differently. Um, so the, so so we actually use the same process for testing, for taking the lead soil sample in terms of volume. So two cups of clean, dry soil from the area that you plan on planting is still what you're going to need to test um, for lead in your soil. And that also comes back to the Cooperative Extension Office. Um, and the Conservation District also provides vouchers for that as well. Um, and I believe, Erin, it's two as well for lead per household. I think so. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. those lead tests also provide nutrient tests as well. So if you do live in an older home, so a home that was built um, in the 70s or earlier, and you're planning on growing stuff, particularly um, close to the base of your home, so a place where paint, um, which is probably our most common source of lead um, toxicity here in our soil, happen to have fallen. And especially if you are planning on eating anything that you're growing, in the area close to your house, doing a lead test is a great way to get a little peace of mind um, and knowing what um, what kind of lead levels are in your soil. Um, and then again, from there, right, you're going to get a report back that has the soil nutrient just like before, but it's also just going to have, it's going to have a total lead level on there. And then it's just going to say low, medium or high. Um, and we, uh, myself um, or some of my colleagues here are happy to walk you through what that means and how you can, um, you know, what you should do given the information that you have. Um, knowledge is power, um, particularly when it comes to um, lead and other toxins in your soil. Um, and so we, you know, encourage folks if you're concerned about that for yourself or your household or your garden area to go ahead and get it done um, so you can make the best informed decisions that you can. Yeah, I would, especially if you have you know, little kids who, you know, just love to stick their fingers in their mouths. Um, it's yes. that, that balance between, um, and let's just, I know that you have little ones as well, wanting your kids to be able to play outside, but part of living in an urban environment means that we just have different considerations. Um, and if you don't know, you can't um, respond. So, Absolutely. And just a kind of a general soil, soil safety thing, particularly in urban areas, but also in rural ones too. Um, the biggest challenge for, for human, for human um, illness based on soil lead contamination is actually um, ingestion of the soil, like Aaron was talking about. Um, so, so trying not to eat the soil, which, <laughs> which sounds right, like, oh my gosh, I don't ever go out and take a spoonful of soil. Well, you might not, but your two-year-old might. Um, mm-hmm. But you also might accidentally, you know, ingested as well, right? We've all gardened and gotten our hands dirty and thought, well, oh, I'll just, I'll just take this like quick cherry tomato snack or something right Right. now. And that dirt that's on your fingers ends up on the tomato that ends up in your mouth. Um, You know, and the other thing is just like dust. If you're working on a windy day or bringing up a lot Mm -hmm. of dust, we can Mm -hmm. breathe in that soil and that really fine particulate matter. Um, So 
right? The it sounds really easy and common sense. Don't eat the dirt, but like you know, just just being aware, practicing mm-hmm. safe hand washing. In addition, um, you know, is just really good common sense practices and washing all of your produce as mm-hmm. well, um, which you should do anyway um, to get the soil soil off your produce, even if it is something that maybe isn't directly touching the ground. If it's close, you should just go ahead and plan on washing it. Yeah, but we're not a true gardener or farmer if we don't eat it right <laughs> off the vine. Are you kidding? <laughs> I think what Bethany's saying is that if you're going to eat it right off the vine, you have to do it like it's a like a dare at a party. Like you have to eat it directly off the vine without touching it. So Ooh, however you can maneuver there that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I sent a um, whole new um, YouTube series here, Leticia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Leticia, you have a YouTube channel. Um, plug your channel real quick so folks don't know oh, find you. Gosh. Thank you. It's called Barefruit Gardening. And so I started the YouTube channel before I started my business, my LLC. Um, but uh, it is our community uh, YouTube channel. Um, and then we also have a Facebook page called Barefruit Gardening as well. Uh, so, yeah, I just share everything that I do, all my experiences in the gardening. Uh, you may find out a little bit more information than you want to about me, but. <laughs> Man, I love an overshare. But, I love it. <laughs> yes, yes, everything. And I swear I try to make it relate or it does relate to gardening. I mean, if it gardening really just, um, I, I don't know about others, but it, it does a lot for me. So a lot for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, phys- my physical health as well um um I've been on a weight loss journey for five years right and um and, and within those five years I've had two kids so um, <laughs> um uh, good luck with that right um right. it seems like every time I lose 50 pounds here comes a child <laughs> um so, so I am um, I, I do want to circle back to something that you and I Leticia, yeah. have talked about before um, which is how your um, your upbringing has contributed to your love of the garden. Will you please tell us about the farm? Oh my goodness, yes, I love to share about um, uh, my so my grandparents and great grandparents and all those folks before had a farm, and um, it's about uh, sixty plus acres in Metcalf County, Kentucky, and. Um, I'm very proud of that. As a child, I didn't get it because, you know, we were just told to do stuff around the farm, like chores, right? So take that slot bucket, go on, take that slot bucket to to the pigs, you know? And I'm like, oh, because there's there's maggots coming out of it. You know, sometimes <laughs> it would spill out on your hands and your feet and, you know, it just, it was gross. <laughs> um, but we did it. Um, my grandparents were, back in the day, you know, everybody cropped uh, farm tobacco and, um, or is a big crop here in Kentucky. And so um, I, I was on the setter, you know, planting tobacco and we'd eat these. My granny um, and my grandfather owned a grocery store as well. And mm-hmm. uh, part of their grocery store was a uh, where they cooked breakfast, lunch and dinner. And but she would be at the store manning it. We'd be in the field and she would be out in the field sometimes, too. But uh, but she would always bring us lunch and she would bring us this big, huge thick cut bologna sandwiches right with this thick cut of cheese <laughs> and we would drink you know drink a water or soda uh with that and then you know to use the bathroom there was no bathroom right so we would squat next to this big tree uh, and use the bathroom <laughs> um 
But I just, as a kid, I remember just being hot and sweaty and just like, gosh, it, some of it was fun. You know, I got to drive the tractor and things like that. Uh, but uh, but it was hard work. It was hard work just doing what I did as a child. Um, and so I've always been around uh, farming, um, growing food, business minded folks, um, entrepreneurs. Um, I wish I would have asked more questions right in hindsight about the business side of things. But but ultimately, I just I remember just feeling so grateful just to feel the breeze right to be in the middle of a field whether it was full of tobacco or not right just just smelling it and um looking at the hornworms on the tobacco and uh, <laughs> uh you know and just taking it all in smelling the cow manure and um i didn't even realize that they used the manure you know they were they were doing all kinds of little practices uh to fertilize they didn't buy fertilizer vegetable garden they would use the the manure patties you know um in the garden or and um it was just incredible experience and, and, and even now that the farm is not as active but my grandmother who is the only one still living um she has about 40 cows and eight goats and no pigs anymore and then they have a pay lake as well so people pay to fish at the lake so I just I'm I'm just completely blessed to have had that experience and um and and still seeing it thrive in a new, different way there and act and, and functioning, um but yeah I I'm I'm so grateful and so urban farming is a different concept for my grandparents, um you know they're just like well how do you, what the heck does that mean urban farming I'm like well I just I'm in the city. And, you know, I don't have 60 acres or 120 acres or 400 acres. I just have a little quarter of an acre plot. And I'm I'm trying to, you know, just grow food on as much of that as possible. And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and then, you know, she gave me a hard time about it. Ah, it's not real farming. And I was like, Granny, come on. I'm working the soil. You know, I'm growing this food and I'm trying to teach people. She's like, you are. And I said, yes, ma'am. And then, and then she came to Louisville um came to my home and saw what I did and she just smiled oh, you know man. and I was like yes she gets it you know <laughs> um, and she sees what I'm trying to do and um and I was like granny thank you for showing me you didn't know you were showing me but thank you and um I never thought I would circle an adult and be interested um in working the land but I'm so grateful to have had that uh that experience and that and that model, you know, of what it means to to do the best you can, right? With what you have, number one, um, and and how you can you can still thrive with little to nothing, you know, it's incredible. I think it's so important to drive home the fact that this is all doable. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It doesn't have to be a big complicated thing. Sometimes YouTube can be dangerous because mm-hmm. we're seeing people who are making money from cultivating this image and, and over time are being given, you know, this tractor because their YouTube channel makes so much money or they're being given this mm-hmm. particular product, um, which, you know, of course, costs more than the thing that you can find less inexpensively that works just as well. And so it can create this false sense of need which again is agricultural gatekeeping and i hate it um 
Mm-hmm. So if you have a YouTube channel and you're getting paid, I'm not mad that you're making money, but let's keep it realistic. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I'm, I think it's an income source. And, and you know, being a stay-at-home mom, I'm always looking mm-hmm. for those opportunities, right? And um, I just, I don't know if I totally 100% agree with pimping out agriculture, you know, it, mm-hmm. making it be like like this trend um, that's what I'm really worried about, um, you know, and and it it seems like, um, you know, someone had brought up, I'm a part of a group called the Urban Ag Coalition here in Louisville, and we had a young lady that had just, uh, I think she was about to finish school, and uh, she did a presentation on gentrification and um, how we need to be a aware that you know urban agriculture basically can be pimped out mm-hmm. um when you know and i'm like oh my god i didn't even think about that um how these developers and and marketing people or whatever are using agriculture like we're we're gonna oh it's beautiful spot we have a, a garden here well they're you know the people that are living here aren't working that garden number one so they have no idea you know, most of the time how to grow the food. Um, they may harvest it or they may wait on a day to come pick it up, just like a farmer's market, right? But but it's it's interesting how agriculture is being kind of, you know, um, exploited a little bit in these other areas of, of life. And I'm just like, dude, gosh, we, it's, it's, so, so the goal to keep it pure, right? The um is is something I'm I'm really striving to do. I do have uh, several followers on on YouTube, but but again, my heart, my gut is always telling me, Letitia, show them the truth, you know. Um, and not that other people aren't doing that; they're making money. It's just I that's definitely a personal conviction that I have. So I agree with you. Well, and just like there's 10 ways to grow a tomato, there's 10 ways to yeah. to have a truth, right? And so mm-hmm. if what they're doing is is true for them, if that's how it's working for them on their yes. patio home or on yes. their like 10 acres that they were able to get, that's, that's great. Um, but yes. understanding, I guess, for all of us that that's not what it has to look like. It doesn't have doesn't. to look like anything. No, it, it looks like you <laughs> having a relationship with your soil, with yes. your spot. Um, my yard, I'm learning, I moved in here three years ago, and I'm learning that vegetables don't grow very well in the backyard. Um, the soil is really rocky, and between mm-hmm. the children and the dogs and the occasional escaped chicken, there, <laughs> there's, there's a little, um, and the squirrels, oh my gosh, my neighbor, I love her, she feeds the squirrels, and so then they're like, oh, this peanut is great, also, this tomato is nice. Um, right. Right. But in the front yard, I don't have the same issues. And so next year we're going to try growing it in the front, but that's what works for me. Right. Um, (laughs) But like in my dad's neighborhood, they live over in the East end. If he tried to grow a tomato in the front yard, the HOA would be on his door in heartbeat. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just different for everybody. Um, Yeah. This is so fun. Um, this really is great. So for those of you who are listening, I recorded individually with both of these women and had wonderful conversations and then they both got erased. <laughs> so this is almost better, actually. I love that we're all doing this. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to talk about um, connecting behaviors for um, urban citizens to 
soil health um, in in a way that uh, maybe people aren't thinking about, um, which is this idea that you see called leaving the leaves. Mm. Um, Jefferson County, let me tell you the big secret that I learned this year that made me really mad for like 24 hours. And now we're going to actually do something about it. Um, when you bag up your leaves and you put them out on the curb, Mm -hmm. They get collected by the city in giant trucks, right? So Mm -hmm. there's exhaust fume portion number one. They're then shipped to Indiana, which is, you know, exhaust number two, and chipped up and turned into mulch. And then that fertility is sent somewhere else. We then, in the spring, do two really ridiculous things. We buy fertilizer for our plants, Yep, And we complain (laughs) about pest pressure and lack of pollinators when the fireflies who are uh, predators, by the way, I know they don't look like it because they dress well, but they are, (laughs) they do take care of the the pest. Um, And then the butterflies and um, the bumblebees, a bumblebee queen only goes down into the soil like one to two inches and so having a nice blanket of leaves over her really protects her from the elements and makes it um, more likely that she will have a successful season Um, so you know stop it (laughs) stop collecting your leaves and shipping them away i this year um and this is i'm i'm freeing you up jefferson county to to do this um if you have neighbors that are just gonna put the leaves out no matter what take their bags of leaves take them and put them in your yard that's what i did last year the um Mm -hmm. last summer i hardly had any fireflies in my yard this year it was a a light show every night i easily had three times as many fireflies and it's it's just because i took the leaves and just kept them in my yard you can put them in a dedicated pile or you can use them as mulch. Bethany, you've got things. Tell me. Yes, yes. So I have trained my neighbors to bring me all their leaves because I have <gasps> neighbors who are going to, um, they, they, like, they like the green, pristine lawn, right? No matter what, they're going to rake right. their leaves. They're going to put them out. So I have, I, I have built a three bin, a very large three bin composting system in my yard and have been like neighbors. I have leaf deposit places for you. You can just wheel them over here because they we have we are blessed with a lot of trees in our neighborhood so we have more leaves frequently than they have bags for or spaces to put out so I have just trained all my neighbors to fill up my compost bins with leaves every fall um I just let them hang out and they can my neighbors can choose to come back and get compost in the spring um I then take some of those leaves and mulch all of my perennials um with that so I go through like my strawberries get mulched with them the asparagus the figs um you know all all of my comb flowers just get covered up with the leaves from all my neighbors it's just it's really magical and people are like so appreciative that I am taking their leaves for them and I'm just like Mm -hmm. no you're saving me (laughs) hundreds of dollars exactly yes yes I definitely agree um I I I will go drive down the street and just pick up bags and put them in my car and Mm -hmm. I know (laughs) she is crazy I but like sure you said, fill up the wagon. Yep. Yes, like it is free fertilizer, free mulch. Um, I love leaf mold. I mean, it is the best stuff mm-hmm. ever. 
Um, and yes, there are all types of creatures, right? So I have salamanders or those little lizard things with the, the skinks. Five lion skinks, yes. Oh, Lord, honey. They, <laughs> they scare me to death every single time, right? Uh, but, um, and you know my my fear of snakes, right? So anything that looks like one mm -hmm. starts me. But anyway, I, got you. Uh, I still respect the fact that they have to, you know, where they live and um and then the moths and all kinds of things that you can help so we don't my husband finally got mm -hmm. it because he used to be like yeah these leaves got to go you know they'll he'll rake them up for the kid uh to jump in mm -hmm. and and then after that they've got to be picked up i can't stand looking at them and i'm like okay but dude um <laughs> you don't understand what you're doing you know but put them over here <laughs> and then um he you know how when you have been preaching and preaching at somebody for years and years and they don't get it they won't listen and then somebody else says the same thing that you said oh, man and then all of a sudden they've had an epiphany right i'm like so he heard something on the news and he was we're leaving the leaves from now on i was like <laughs> what yes so, so anyway, it were it ended up working. I did what I had to do anyway. He was like, "Girl, how many more bags are you gonna get?" I said, "Don't worry about it. One day you'll figure it out. You'll understand <laughs> what I'm doing." And he finally understands. So I'm um, slow other, conversion, yes. for sure. And the other for the folks who are like the lawn warrior type too. Yeah, in terms yeah. of the leaves, you know, like just just mow them to death and leave them in your yard yes just mow um, them yeah i would know. caution though if your goal it depends on what your goals are if your goal is fertilizer absolutely if your goal is insects um you really want to leave this them whole True. and put them in a pile because True. um it's like it's a nursery it is a firefly moth yes. butterfly nursery um but also you know we're going to bring it back to because everything is connected Mm -hmm. the the fact that we haven't been able to put our bird feeders out because we don't want the birds mm -hmm. to congregate mm -hmm. has really allowed me to have some great conversations with folks around the fact that bird seed is not actually the best food for birds mm -hmm. um during nesting season they need you know a, a 150 I, I, this number is probably low um caterpillars per chick per day so if you have a clutch of four um you know nestlings that need to eat imagine the numbers of insects needed to raise a healthy brood and they really need that protein um mm. because it's not a complete protein in the seed so while it's nice to like look at the birds that's not really what's best for them and, and a hummingbird mm -hmm. people have been asking me about hummingbird feeders well hummingbird diet is really 80 percent insects we associate them with nectar mm. because that's when we see them most but they're really not mostly consuming you know sugar water they're consuming insects so if you're a person who's had their heart really broken this year by not having your feeders out consider um building a little tower around your bird feeder hook and putting the leaves in there so then in the spring you can have your birds back and you don't you know what you don't have to do is clean out the leaves every day because like you do with a bird feeder to keep from spreading disease like you can just let it ride people are always looking for ways to cut corners Mm -hmm. And then complicating other things. Yes, like if we really want to save time, <laughs> do it this yep. way. Yep. Yep. Any any other thoughts before we cut ourselves loose here? <laughs> I mean, we could go on all day. Ah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, there's then there's like composting, right? Which is this whole other like oh, soil yeah. regeneration, whether mm -hmm. you're composting with leaves or vegetable scraps or... 
all of the above, like if, in terms of like the lazy way to do a whole <laughs> lot of good for your garden, right? And by lazy, I mean like we cheap, right? Because we all eat food, mm-hmm. um, and we probably even even we're probably all cooking something at home. Maybe not every day because mm-hmm. lives lives get busy and challenging, but we've all and we're all probably eating some fruits and some veggies. Um, and just composting those things is an, another amazing way to, you know, build your own soil, reduce waste because we're not throwing it out in the landfill. Exactly. exactly. Um, you know, and then you mix that in with some leaves if you're into more of the soil health or, you know, the clean lawn aesthetic or the I have seven million leaves kind of situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um you know, like those are all great ways to kind of build this in, tie it back to healthy soil, make your own. Yeah, um, we're going to do um, actually a whole episode on composting because it is yes. such a big, a big question. Um, oh not a gosh. question, so, but I, the quick and I dirty on that. Can I out with you on the, com- um, would the you, compost? Yes, you absolutely. Myself? Okay. There's in any situation, Ooh. you're welcome to comment, like either one of you. Just <laughs> Maybe this just turns into our show instead of <laughs> my show. Um, but yeah, guys, the, in, the, in short, no um, eggs, no meat, no cooking fats in your compost just scraps eggshells like veggie scraps and eggshells but we'll give you a much bigger picture of this in a future episode um in the meantime visit our websites um i've I've mentioned ours several times letitia how can people find you on the internet uh yeah you can reach out uh at barefruitgardening at gmail.com and uh, my website is barefruit and grow um at dot com um and it's b-e-a-r as in a grizzly bear um and i'm also on instagram at barefruit grow llc and youtube yes youtube barefruit gardening facebook barefruit gardening we're everywhere (laughs) and i love it so much thank Um, you bethany how do folks get in touch with the extension office sure jefferson county extension um you can call us monday through friday from 8 to 4 30 and you can talk to myself or um other real live um, plant enthusiasts to answer all your questions. Um, (laughs) 502-569-2344 if you want to call. Our website is um, jefferson.ca.uky.edu. And we are also on Facebook and Instagram at jeffersonco-extension. And we have a YouTube video where you can watch um, myself and our horticulture technician nerd mm-hmm. out about a whole lot of different <laughs> um, plant related things um, I focus on gardening my hort tech is a lawn landscape and ornamental plant expert and she's amazing um, so if you are um, into that part of things then that's great um, check it out I the, my first I think introduction to you Bethany was the videos that you were putting on Instagram during quarantine um, and and then I would see you both really in um, in a lot of Zoom calls that we would have and so the first time that I met both of you in real life I was like look at this person they're so tall <laughs> <laughs> except Letitia you were inside your house because you had a newborn and so you were yes. framed by the window so still kind of <laughs> in a square um, but you know we've since seen oh and we got to mention the um 
the Shively Farmer's Market real quick. Oh, yes. yeah. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, Shively, um, the city of Shively is an independent city here in the Louisville metro area. And um, so we have partnered with uh, the city of Shively, the mayor's office, um, Mayor uh, Beverly Chester Burton, and uh, the the lady that's just a beast uh, in the field and just in the community. She does what she says and says what she means. Uh, Miss Chanel Thompson who is a city council member here in Shively as well, has been very, very supportive in uh, revitalizing, rejuvenating, starting again uh, a, a farmer's market here in Shively. And so this year has been the biggest that we've ever had uh, and the most successful that Shively areas have experienced. And so we're excited to have it back. We um, had our grand opening August the 7th. And so um, we're open every other weekend. So this weekend, August 21st, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Shively Library City Hall building parking lot um, located at 3920 Dixie Highway. You'll see a big army tank. Um, outside of the building, Burger King, right across the street is the gas station. You're in the right spot, okay? So we'll be there from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, we have a ton of vendors, and it is a true farmer's market because we want as many farmers there as possible, but we also have um, artisans and crafters and, and, and things like that, people with bath soaps and candles and Food, y'all, the food. Um, <laughs> you know, barbecue. Uh, we have one that's like a typical barbecue food truck, and then one barbecue business that kind of wraps ethnic group uh, type foods into their barbecue. So it's delicious. We got cotton candy, we got blizzards, we got uh, fresh cinnamon rolls. I mean, these, these folks have come out and are rocking it, right? So we want everybody to come out and join us as a park down the hill, bring the kids and, and shop a little bit and then go have fun on the playground. Wonderful. And it's every other Saturday and they have a, yeah. a great, really well done informative Facebook page as well. So you guys reach out if you can't make it um, mm -hmm. this Saturday, uh, just hit them up and we'll see you all there. Um, Jefferson County, I just want to emphasize you all can do this. This isn't a, a big mystery. Uh, growing and healing the soil and healing the land and protecting mm -hmm. our neighborhoods is completely doable for you, whether you are a renter, have a patio home, have lands, whatever end of town you live in. Um, this is a thing that can set, that can unite us all if we let it. Mm -hmm. So let us move forward and we'll talk to you all soon. Ladies, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. All right.